0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Welcome back into Iggy Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jiki Nazuski or Iggy for short. And I want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If this is your first time watching or listening to Iggy Sports Talk. In each and every single episode, I shed light on the mental health aspects of sports and life by telling inspiring stories and having great guests on, like my one today who goes by the name of Billy Pinkney, better known as Billy the Bat Boy. And Billy does an amazing job through his platform advocating for youth sports. And through his book that he wrote, Passion Prevails, he really speaks about how comparison syndrome can really impact a younger athlete, as well as how a coach speaks to a younger athlete could impact them for the remainder of their life. And we dive into much more of that in this episode. So I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Billy Pinckney. So how are we doing today, Billy? Iggy, I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, bro. So for people who haven't seen your content or haven't known who you were before this episode, I, I like to start off these conversations sort of just looking at what is your passion? Like what what is something that you wake up every single day and, and you strive to do and is your ultimate goal with this you know journey of life? Yeah, absolutely. I feel
1: like everyone needs some sort of passion and some sort of purpose where they wake up in the morning and they feel motivated and inspired to do something. And for me, that was always baseball. And growing up, I loved the game. I tried to get as close as I possibly can to it and working with professionals. But now I just graduated college. I wake up every day and I try to do my best to help inspire the next generation of baseball players. It's been special for me to be impacted by the professionals and those guys who I've come across, I've looked up to, I've worked with, and I want to help the next generation in a similar way where I can then give them messages of advice, words of wisdom that can help out their careers, because I've been through it you know, playing high school, playing baseball in college. It's an incredible experience, but there are challenges along the way. So that's really what motivates me just being able to help people and, and just do it through the game of baseball.
0: And, and I completely agree with that I think it's amazing, you know, what you're doing because with that younger crowd, whether it's baseball or whether it's other sports, I, I feel like there's subjects that aren't talked about enough, you know, to those kids, you know, it can be talked about on the news. It can be talked about in society. It can be talked about in like a 60 minutes or something like that, but those kids aren't tuning into that to really apply those things. And I feel like, you know, my, my experience throughout, you know, Little League, high school, baseball, that sort of stuff. We had very similar situations just, you know, preparing for this conversation. You know, you sort of brought up that you weren't having fun anymore with the pressure and the anxiety that came with each and every single play having to be pinpoint perfect. And if it wasn't, it was the end of the world. And I sort of felt the same exact thing. I, I missed uh, the the energy, the passion of, of of just playing the game because I loved it and not because of the score or or the wins or losses. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's it's so true. I think a lot of kids, they're trying to be perfectionists
1: and I was definitely the same way. Every single play has to be perfect. I'm playing second base at the time in high school. I can't make an error here. Those thoughts in your head, man, you're automatically then going to make mistakes because you're so heavily concentrated on what not to do. And when speaking with the professionals and trying to learn from them who have taught me great things, they're, they're teaching me lessons that are, Contrary to what I was taught or how people were treating me in high school and as a younger player. So it's it's interesting how that happens. And I think a lot of it comes from inexperienced coaches or maybe parents who don't know how to coach their kids because they never went through it. Luckily, I have good parents who, who have raised me without pressure with baseball, but I've dealt with some of that on the coaching side where... Coaches really don't know how to communicate with their players and get the most out of them. And I think we have a, a nice wave of young coaches coming up who are able to really communicate with these kids really well and efficiently, but it also comes down to you and you can't control everyone else who comes in and out of your life. And you you go to a high school, you can't hire the coach. You just happen to go to a high school and that's who you're stuck with for four years. And you have to know how to handle that pressure, the adversity, and and how to deal with some coaches who may not know what they're doing. And some of us just get unlucky with that in those situations. But really focusing on the mental side is crucial. Otherwise, the game could eat you alive, especially baseball.
0: Yeah, and, and I feel like, you know, that's not really thought about until you really get into the high school or, or the colleges. Because as, as a younger athlete, you just don't think about that stuff unless somebody presents it to you. And I'm, I'm curious for you, like, was there a moment in your baseball journey or, or even, you know, when you were a bad boy that just clicked in your mind of, like, I really want to try and, like, help younger athletes through my experiences and other people's experiences?
1: Yeah, well. I feel like when I was a bat boy, when I was working with the pro guys and then going up through the high school level, it was more about consuming information and trying to learn, learn, learn. And obviously I was still, I was beginning to create some content with baseball and everything. But once it finally clicked that a lot of my content was to resonate with the younger demographic, the younger kids was probably when I got out of high school, got into college and I had time to reflect on my experiences in high school and what I dealt with because once I played in college club ball at Montclair State, we were just having fun. We were enjoying the game. And I I thought that, man, this is what I always wanted it to be. This is what it was back in Little League when I was playing, and this is what it should be for everybody, no matter what level you're at. We were just truly enjoying it and having fun with my teammates and just going out there and enjoying the game that we always loved. It was then that I realized that, I had quite a bit of knowledge. I experienced a bit at the younger levels and I had something to give to these younger players. I had so many interviews that I've conducted throughout the years and a lot of it pertaining to advice for youth players that I figured, why not put this into a book? Why not put all these excerpts and and this information into one resource for younger players to consume? So I figured I'll, published a book titled Passion Prevails Going Back to Passion <laughs> and that's one way for me to help give back to the younger players where all these great tidbits and quotes from pros who I've interviewed big leaguers minor leaguers coaches and many of my mentors everything's in one spot and I can help via a publication like that and that's really
0: that's really the beginning of it and I published the book last June and It's it's been pretty incredible. That's amazing, man. And I I bet you've gotten some messages from whether it's parents or kids who who have been impacted by that. And you never really know when you put out something like that, whether it is a book, whether it is a video who could see it and how, how it could impact not only their, their perspective in that moment, but also like how they look at the rest of their life. And and I I feel like, you know, wh- when you are able to be opened up to some of these different ideas, it, it really not only helps you on the field, but just in your every day. So, you know, not trying to give away, you know, everything in the book, but is there one thing that, you know, you, you were really proud of after, you know, you wrote the book and everything like that, that, that you feel like, could really help impact you know a younger athlete that may be going through it right now definitely definitely well you
1: know it was the book was highlighted in the USA Today paper and that helped to get out the helped to get those messages out there to these players and parents but I feel like one of the main lessons is just being a good teammate being a good person we have so much emphasis on putting up those big numbers hitting for a high average hitting the long ball and and striking guys out and everything like that. But results fade away. The, the on-field, the numbers, the statistics, that's all temporary. Uh, these kids stop playing one day. Whether you're a professional or a high school guy or a college guy, everyone, their career ends. And we have the rest of our lives to live. It's so easy to just get caught up in the numbers, but you want to focus on being a good person because that's what you'll remember about somebody. You'll remember how someone treated you. You'll remember how someone went out of their way to help you on the bench and, and talk about something that maybe it's life-related or something that can benefit them long beyond their baseball career. So I feel like some of the lessons that pertain to life and not just results, 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 or trying to win this game right away and, and, and see this instant gratification on the field, that's really important. And I think some of these coaches might focus on just trying to get the most and squeeze as much as possible out of the player in the Mm -hmm. few years that they have them instead of building a true relationship. And I always appreciated the coaches who went a little bit farther and wanted to build a genuine relationship with us so that 10 years down the line, we can give them a call and see how they're doing and see how their team is. But more importantly, how they're doing as a person, how their family is. So those things like that are really important. And I form most of those relationships at the professional level with the coaches I've worked with. You have managers and other coaches or players who I'm still in contact with now, who I worked with during my first year as a bat boy over 10 years ago. That's what really matters the most. And I think so many people get wrapped up in just the results and the on-field production rather than the really the long-term objective of just
0: creating these bonds yeah i completely agree with that and i i feel like not only in what you're talking about with sports but i I think just in everyday life like how you speak to people and how you treat people can not only impact them in that moment but through the rest of their life you know you hear a lot of times with people who struggle with anxiety and even myself you know it's it's all built up throughout your adolescence of what either your parents told you or what your coaches told you and that's where you start to use those messages that you heard throughout your life and start to reintroduce them in different parts. Like you're not good enough, just different stuff like that, that you maybe heard from your coaches or parents. And if you're able to use your words to uplift people and be able to inspire them and, and ultimately you don't know in that moment how that could impact them, not only if they're going up to the plate or, you know, if they're interviewing for a job 10 years later. You know what I mean? There's multiple times that I had experiences with coaches that I cherish to this day. And I, I talked with those, those people to this day and, 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 you know, reminisce on those experiences. And, you know, one thing that, you know, was brought up in the USA today article that, you know, really stuck out to me was you can only control your effort and your attitude. And that's something that I feel like the statistics don't show the statistics don't show the effort level that you're putting in. The statistics don't show also, you know, I think another thing that's forgotten as well, your body type, like like that, that all goes into it and, and you can't control that. You can't control how quickly you develop just your body as well as like the talent that you were given when you were grown up. So I feel like not only putting in that effort, but also the attitude that you have is, is really the number one thing and, and how you're ultimately able to be able to be successful but also you you know get your full potential yeah for sure man
1: and I think for me personally I was a late bloomer especially on the baseball field I didn't develop until a lot later and I was probably looked down upon a little bit and not treated as well by some teammates and coaches because maybe I wasn't there as quickly physically on the field Mm -hmm. and my production value wasn't as high as some other kids who were shaving at 10 years old but I feel like you have to treat everybody with respect because you never know when that kid will develop. when that kid will be somebody who succeeds a lot more on the field and and sees that success that he knew he could bring out of himself one day. last year for me, this this past fall, I had the best pitching season of my life. And you know it was just a buildup of of all that the work and the effort and and the time that I put in. but, there wasn't a that that wouldn't happen in high school. I, I didn't right. get to that point uh, years ago. And if I had that, if I was that far developed in high school, things would have been a little bit different in terms of my ERA and my statistics. But that wouldn't have changed the person who I am either. So a lot of these people, they develop early. Sometimes they have a big head. They think that they're the best. And then all of a sudden things crumble because they reach their peak and everyone thought that they were the next coming of Mike Trout or whoever else, uh, Clayton Kershaw or Jacob deGrom. It's interesting how that all plays out. But at the end of the day, man, all you have to really understand is how how do you make someone feel? How, How do you go? How do you at the end of the day, do you close your eyes and and think about somebody in a positive way or a negative way because of how they treated you, those interactions? I could think about high school teammates or people from, you know, earlier on that I've Worked with, and I could automatically remember if they treated me well or not. That's just that's just how it is, and and you appreciate those people who who were kind to you and and did have a, a positive relationship with you.
0: Agreed. You know, every every connection, every moment like matters when you don't think it does in that moment. I I feel like what you brought up too, uh, of you know being told that you're great throughout your little league career or whatever, you know, people get their self-esteem built up and their confidence built up so much. And, you know, there's those expectations. There's also the politics that comes in with youth sports where, you know, guys are looked at as these great players. And as you mentioned, looked at to potentially get drafted, you know, when they're like 13 years old, 10 years old, whatever. And then once they get to that point and they're around people who are a little bit better than them or just as good as them, You know, I I feel like you hear this a lot with like minor leaguers and even some major leaguers is, you know, finding ways to not attach your identity to the sport that you play. Because as you mentioned, your career is temporary. And if you only attach your identity, your worth and your ego to the sport that you play, and then once it's all over, what do you have? You know what I mean? I, I think it's so important to separate sports and life, not only when you are a youth, a youth athlete, but even if you do get to that point, and I feel like it connects as well with with work too. you know even what you and I do there there's times where I need to take a break from what what I'm doing in sports or what I'm doing with my full-time job just to be able to focus on myself and and, and not get too caught up in everything that comes with it.
1: I definitely wish earlier in my life I found some other things aside from baseball that I enjoyed to do because, if you tie up baseball with your identity, and everyone thinks that that's who you are, and not just what you do, and and you think that of yourself, it it could become a trap where, mm. all of a sudden, maybe you don't have that success on the field, or you get injured, or something happens, it your whole life is crushed. Then, and luckily, I didn't deal with injuries like that, or have some type of awakening where baseball came crashing down on me, but. You know, we dealt with COVID where we didn't have sports for a year and all this kind of stuff. And people graduate and you don't play the game anymore. You know, find something else outside of the of the game that you love to do. And for me, that was content. But at the mm-hmm. same time, content's linked to baseball for me. So there's kind of no escape in it. But I do love it. But I think everyone does need some type of balance in some capacity. And these kids, they focus on baseball as their whole life find some other thing that you like to do as well. What other hobbies do you like? Do you like to go on walks? Do you like to take a hike somewhere or maybe play golf or something? And I've been getting into golf more recently now that I'm not playing anymore. And that's something that is nice just ease your mind and just find something else that brings you
0: joy as well. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it, it's not thought of, you know, until you get to that point of, 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 you know, who am I? You know, what value do I yeah. bring? And this is something that, you know, I I graduated college, you know, almost three years ago and I just figured this out these past few weeks. But um, you know, I, I currently work at DraftKings and there was a part of me that stuck a lot of my ego, my validation that I felt from others <clears throat> through the job that I was working, and mm-hmm. had to take a step back and think of what value do I really bring. To this world outside of what I specifically do for work, because obviously that's a minute little aspect of who I am. And I feel like that's so much forgotten because your career, your work, and even you know what you and I do, like we it's our passion. We love it. And, and it consumes our life. But I, I think as well, being able to find those things outside of what you do for work on how you're able to bring value to people's lives um, is, is something so critical in, in, in being able to find those things and, and, and really believe that you you do bring that value. Definitely. And I think back to the people who
1: impacted me and who took the time to spend this extra time that they didn't need to with me to teach me or help me grow or give me advice. Hundreds of players dating back to when I was a 10-year-old kid that meant the world to me, just those small interactions. And for me to then have an opportunity now to go ahead and answer questions that people may have about media or interviewing people or baseball in general, that's a blessing to me. And I think my, my faith's also very important because you could easily get wrapped up in, in your work all the time and focusing on, you know, focusing on everything you can do for yourself and, and career, career, career. But I think focusing on something else where, you know, there's a, there's a greater power that that you're finding your purpose through it's so important to me so it's definitely uh, something that everyone has to go in and experience by themselves because you know i had a great upbringing with my parents and everything but everyone has to also put in the work independently by themselves right. and figure out what it is that they love what it is that they can do to help
0: provide to others I I think too. Just segueing real fast of like how you were able to get into batboying of you know writing a letter and 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 getting getting the opportunity to get hired the next season is mm-hmm. is something that is a lesson in and of itself of just going after something that you want with no expectation on the yes or no but just going after it with the mindset of the worst thing that they could say is no and and how you were able to be a bat boy, make content for the team. And and really start to build your career in something that you really wanted to do, I, I think is, you know, a, a great testament of, of, you know, just going after what you want with no expectation of how it's going to work out. But just continuing to show up each and every single day with that desire and dream to just keep on going. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I, I think back to that time, I think it was 2012, the offseason between 2012 and 2013. We went to some games and just, I love the game of baseball. I was curious. I think that's the curiosity is such an important part of growth and learning and and just the the understanding that you want to get good at something or, or learn more about something. So let's take that first step and, and being curious and, and loving the game of baseball was that first step. And then having a team, a minor league team, 10 minutes from my house in the same town was an incredible opportunity. And my dad mentioned to me about, what do you think about being a bat boy? And then I, I was like, yeah, let, let's try to figure it out. So then we wrote that letter and they they said, yes, they had an open slot and it just takes one yes, man. It just takes one yes to give yourself, to get an opportunity. And I've received so many no's throughout my the 10 years that I've been in the game of whether it's interviews or trying to do something with a network or trying to get into this ballpark, et cetera, et cetera. But all it takes is a yes here, a yes there. And next thing you know, you're creating these opportunities for yourself. And you're, you're willing to take a, a risk here and there of maybe something that you're a little uncomfortable doing, but you think it can help you grow. A lot of it's just a game like that. And it, it's funny how it all plays out because now I'm in a spot where I'm creating content and interviewing players and, and going on some trips occasionally it's the process and you just got
0: to enjoy it I totally agree and I, th- I think with that experience like it, it it's a great example of not judging it right off the bat too because you you could have thought mm-hmm. like oh, I, I I would love to be a bad boy, but how is that going to get me to be able to make content? How is that going to get me to where you ultimately are today? And you know, sometimes just taking that risk um with, with zero attachment or overthinking um could could be the gateway to what you ultimately want to do. And, you know, I think as well, that word curiosity, you know, that's something that's my biggest advice to, you know, anybody who's not only, you know, just trying to get into sports, but trying to be successful in their career is is you know, being curious because every opportunity that I've gotten um, in my career has come from networking or just asking a question. Um, And and I feel, I feel like that's sometimes understated. Um, But one last thing for is, is, you know, you're, you're a really positive guy with not only your content, but just, you know, how we've been able to interact today. And I'm curious what, when things might not be going good in your life or your mental health might be impacting you, how are you able to really relieve that mental health and and what are some of your self-care methods? It's a great question. I
1: love this question because I I like talking about it, but a lot of people don't really focus much on the mental side of things. So I I love this, but I'd say I spend every day about 10 minutes meditating. I read for about an hour every day, whether it's scripture, baseball history, entrepreneurship, business-related stuff, what's happening in sports media technology-wise. I am sure I make sure I have time to breathe and and take that really seriously so that it it calms my mind down a little bit because in this mm-hmm. world where everything's at your fingertips, social media, you're swiping all the time, you can get sucked into that like a vacuum and completely lose your attention to something that really doesn't matter as much and that can eat you alive. So I definitely take time to put the phone away. I I'm able I'm at this point where I have the discipline to put my phone to the side and just dive into meditating or reading and not looking at my phone. And then once I feel it's right, okay, now I can go back on my phone. And for someone who's trying to have a career in an area where social media is prevalent, you need to have that discipline and ability to separate things, go outside, consume fresh air, sunlight. I'm big into all that stuff because I I definitely think it's super important it's what's worked for people since the beginning of time, <laughs> just going outside and and walking. Yep. So I I definitely think that those different little mental methods are are huge, and a lot of people don't take advantage of it. But I feel like some of the top performers do, and I want to I, I need to be a someone who is a top performer. That's what that's what I do. I I expect a lot of out of myself. I have high expectations,
0: so I need to do something that those high performers do. And that's really take care of the mental. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think too, as somebody who not only makes content, but also my two other jobs outside of this are in social media, I, I can completely contest. But even if you don't, I think being able to take that time for yourself, not only right when you wake up, because I do the same thing. I meditate. I, I write in my great gratitude journal and I don't look at my phone right to start out. because. That is the easiest way to get anxious. It's the easiest way to think of what I got What I got to do today. But what, what has helped me is the art of noticing. Just going outside, noticing the small things, the wind blowing in in the trees, the birds. Uh, it, it reminds me that we're on a spinning rock in space. It reminds me of the of the simpler things, to be honest with you. So I, I, I think I, I completely agree. I think that's the best way to get through it. Yeah.
1: Simplification's huge, man. In a world where there's so much chaos and the news is trying to scare you with, This and that happening out in the world, trying to simplify things is the way to go. And I feel like people will eventually go more in that direction as they realize that there's being eaten alive by
0: what's surrounding them. And the only way that they can is we we just got to keep on bringing the awareness to it. We got to keep on talking about this sort of stuff. So this is an awesome conversation, man. Really appreciate you coming on. And if there's anybody who was inspired by what you said or want to not only check out your book, but also, you know, your content as well, where can they find all that stuff? No, I appreciate it,
1: Jake. It's Billy the Bat Boy on social media. I pretty much have every social media platform and the website's billythebatboy.com. And then the book, as you said, is Passion Prevails on Amazon. But uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a a great chat and
0: anytime, be happy to come back. Awesome, man. Everybody go check him out and he's doing some great stuff. So appreciate it, man. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with Billy and got a little bit more insight on the struggles that youth athletes go through, especially now in this new day and age. And maybe it was able to help you reminisce and think about some of your own experiences as a youth athlete and think about how maybe you could help your own kids down the line uh, with some of the mental struggles that can come with being a youth athlete. But in each and every single episode, that's honestly my main goal is to help you get 1% better each and every single day and take something from any episode that I put out that is able to help you you know, get a different perspective on any type of subject within sports or just life, as well as help you learn how to just be better in general. That's that's honestly everybody's goal, I I think, in this life and in this human experience. So if I'm able to do that through my voice and through this podcast, you know, I'm achieving my goal. But if you want to see more episodes just like this, they're available over on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple, Spotify, or Google. And I also post clips on my Instagram page at Iggy sports and give you updates regarding the podcast, as well as just posting clips that show athletes speaking about mental health. And I hope that those clips as well are able to give you different perspectives on the nuances that go into the mental aspects of just sports and overall life. Uh, but Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I truly do appreciate it. The support, not only on the podcast, but on the Instagram page has been a little bit, you know, overwhelming, but it's been amazing to see the impact that I've been able to make through these episodes and, you know, through the stuff that I'm posting, but greatly appreciate it. I'll see you and talk to you next time. Peace.